morning. All right, you're going to have to talk back to me. I'm not used to, to quiet. Can you help me out with that today? All right. I am genuinely excited to be at the Grove today. We don't get very many Sundays uh, that we get to be somewhere other than uh, one of our campuses. And we love being able to be at the Grove. Uh, it feels like home to us. We know a lot of you. We love, love, love your pastors. How many of you think you have some of the best pastors in the whole world? I think you do as well. We love Eric and Sincerity. Um, it's, it's a rare thing, honestly, to be able to not just to do ministry together, but we, we get to do life with these guys. Our kids love each other. Our families, we love each other. We do things together outside of just the pastoring thing. Uh, in a couple weeks, we're going to the Wibbit to have some fun. Hopefully, Sincerity's better by then. And we're going to go house, we play together, we ride bikes together, and, uh, we just I love, love, love this family. We love your church. And so it's exciting to be able to, to come on a Sunday because I, I see reports, right? Like Eric sends me these pretty graphs and I get to see decisions in Christ and attendance and budgets and all of that. And it's, it's, a, it's kind of exciting, but it's really exciting is to be here, to see you, to, to see your faces, to see you worship, to worship with you. And I have to say this right up front. I'm glad that you showed up because last year I think I had the distinct honor of preaching on the lowest Sunday of the entire year. And uh, Pastor Eric tried, he's all year long to convince me that it, it did not have to do with me showing up, which I, I've kind of had a complex all year long. Like the Grove doesn't like me. They heard I was coming. And so this week I'm like, I don't even think people are going to come. I don't know if I should even write a message. Um, but you did. You showed up. And I'm excited and I'm encouraged. I, you, you do love us um, or Eric paid you or something. I don't know. So, well, thanks for being here. So you're in a series right now called Influence. And uh, I, I have to say, Pastor Eric is, is honestly one of the best people I know at, at really surrounding himself with people and resources um, to, that will influence him to be, to be a better leader. He's great at this. He's always reading something. Uh, and almost every time we, we talk, we share, you know, what are you reading now? And, and what conference are you going to? And what things are you doing? And he's, he's, all, he's really good at that. And so this is a unique series where, where they bring in some of their influencers to, to be able to bring influence here. But today, I want to talk to you about your influence. I want to, I want to turn it just a little bit, and I want to talk to you about your influence. And, and here, here's the thing, and I, I suspect that you already know this, most of you who are part of the Grove. You, you would already know this and believe this, but it was God's will and His desire for the Grove to exist in the community of Santa Fe. Do you believe that? It's not an accident that you're here today. It's not an accident that this church exists today. This is part of God's plan to bring influence into the community of Santa Fe. You are part of that plan. You know, we could rehearse the story, which is kind of fun, and go back and, and talk about how God called a family to give everything to, to, be, to be here to plant this church. But not only that, but he, he called a lot of you to come and to surround that family and to be part of 
of, of this church. It was, it's so fun, you know, getting to be here and walk in and see, you know, the hospitality team. And we got here early and there are people putting signs out. And there are people making the donuts look pretty. Like some of you, you showed up and you just think that stuff happens. Well, there's people here real early that pick that up and make it beautiful and, and do all, it's so fun. And, and I, I peeked in on the G kids and I, I saw them working and setting up and put, turning their really cool light up cubes on that I'm always jealous of. Those are so cool. And, and they're all getting ready. And by the way, I, I heard like two weeks ago was the biggest or three weeks ago was the biggest G kids attendance ever since you opened. I mean, how cool is that? Right. And all of that points to this is that God had a plan to bring influence into the community of Santa Fe, and the Grove is part of that plan. And so when we heard that that, that was happening, we said, man, we want to be part of that. Let, let us get on board with that plan. Let us, let us be part of, of, of what's happening in the community of Santa Fe. You see, I believe that, that the church at large, we have a branding problem. We have a branding issue. Uh, I'll, I'll try to illustrate it this way. When Lisa and I first moved to Albuquerque, we had a neighbor. You might have a neighbor like this. He was the self-appointed watchdog of the neighborhood. Anyone ha- have someone like that? He's going to know everything, everyone who's moved in, moving out, what they drive, their pet's name, their kids ages, where they work. I mean, he's going to, he's the watchdog, right? He's, and so he, I mean, we had just moved in and he comes knocking on our door and I step outside and we're in my driveway and we're getting to know each other. And we're just talking and, and, uh, and, and, and we're getting to know. And then he said, he just says this just out of nowhere. I mean, I don't, it's just literally, he goes, I, I don't like Christians. And I'm like, in, in just keeping my, I'm like, okay. And he follows it with this next question. So, by the way, what do you do for work? <sighs> and I thought about saying, like I sometimes will on an airplane, I'm the president of a nonprofit. That's what I, I want, you know, kind of vague. And I, I said, well, I'm a pastor. And I could tell he was kind of like foot in mouth, right? Like what? A, and I said, but I have to tell you, I have to tell you, I don't like Christians either. <laughs> and he just kind of laughed. And I said, no, but, but really, I, I'm really serious. I said, I, I bet that if you told me the Christians you don't like, I, I bet I don't like the same ones. You know, I, I don't like judgmental Christians. I don't like hypocritical Christians. I don't like fake Christians. I, I don't like religious Christians. I don't like, and, and we, we ended up in this really fantastic conversation about how really both of us don't like the same things. And see, that's the branding problem that the church has. It, it is, we're up against, you, the Grove in Santa Fe, you are up against a branding issue. That when, when you say to your coworker or your neighbor or your schoolmate or your friend, you say, you know, hey, would you come to church with me? As soon as you say that word church, there are certain connotations that your community has about what that means, what that feels like, what it looks like. And so we have to know as the church that we're, we're up against that. And because here's what I also know about you, because I know you, I know your, your pastors, I know your heart, is that's not the brand of Christianity that you are trying to represent. Am I right? 
That's not, that's not the brand that you and I are. Tr- and so we're trying, and in Albuquerque, Harvest is trying to, to rebrand what the true gospel really is. And the Grove in Santa Fe, you're trying to rebrand what the, what the true gospel really is. And see, here's the deal. If you, if you don't believe that branding matters, I'll just, I'll prove it to you this morning. Because see, you, whether you think about it, you know, consciously or not, every day you make decisions based on brands, based on your expectations of brand, what you think certain companies stand for or don't stand for, whether they're quality or not quality or free trade or not, or whatever, whatever it is you're looking for, you make decisions every single day. I'll prove it. I'll, I'll put a couple of images on the screen. And, and when they come up, just as soon as you recognize the, the brand, the company, just yell it out for me. Okay. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to show you how branding matters. So let's take a look at this first one. Nike, right? Just do it, right? See, this company has, has invested millions of dollars into the swoosh, right? So that when you see this, you will think about, doesn't mean you'll actually do it, but you'll think about putting on your shoes and your athletic clothes and you'll go to the gym or you'll go to a run, for a run or you'll get on your bike or you'll, you'll do something active. That's what they're hoping, but they don't even, if you, they'll at least, they're hoping you think active thoughts. Right? They're thinking that, they're hoping that you'll, you'll, you'll feel active, right? When you put those clothes on, right? Like, just do it, right? And six hours later, you're still eating potato chips on the couch. But Nike doesn't care because you bought their stuff, right? See, brand, branding matters, right? Try, try, try this one. You'll, you'll know this one right away. Apple, not the fruit, right? But the, but the technology company, right? How many of you have at least one Apple product in your home? See, they, they've done a great job, right? I mean, they've done it, like I have Apple Watch, Apple iPad, iPhone, you know, Apple Computer. I mean, we have Apple everywhere, right? I mean, we are, we are slaves to the Apple in my home, right? They've done a great job of that brand, right? You see the Apple, right? And here, watch. You judge people based on whether they like the apple or not. Am I right? Am I right? Like, we have this. It's kind of funny, but <coughs> at Harvest, uh, none of my board embraces apple. None of them. They're, I'm, they're, they're, they're not saved yet, but I, I let them stay on my board. and None of them. And so um, we're constantly, both sides, looking for ways to pick on the other side. So I use a running app, um, and recently I, I did, I participated through this app in something called the Global 5K. And so on one day, there was people all over um, the globe running a 5K, wherever, whenever, you know, didn't matter. And then they compiled all of the results, and they released them. And one of the things that they found in this, and I was so happy, was that Apple users are faster than Samsung users. I was like, yes, I've always known we were better and now I have proof, right? And so I shared that with my board and they still don't embrace Apple, but it's okay. All right, tell me, and in advance, I apologize for this one because it's not fair to bring this one up on Sundays, but tell me what this one is. Is it just me, or do we crave this more on Sundays? Isn't that weird, right? Like, the one day you can't have it is the day you want it the most, right? 
And these guys, again, they've invested millions of dollars into this, into this chicken, right? So that you see this and you're hungry. You want the nuggets. You want the sandwich, right? You want to go, you know, to Chick-fil-A. Now you can, maybe you can go tomorrow. You can't, you can't go today. Now here's, here's one that's slightly less appealing in my opinion, but you probably will know this one as well. The golden arches, right? Mickey D's, right? Now, now I, I bring this one for, for this reason. There's a, a recent article that, had, that, that their data says that Chick-fil-A is the number one fast food restaurant in America. And you know what's the, at the end of the list? The golden arches, okay? Now, I, this is not me picking on McDonald's. It's just a, it's just a study. But here, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm showing you, okay? Whether you're the number one or the last place, branding still matters. You know, these golden arches, they, they have a message, and when you're driving down the road and you see them, you have a particular thought, whether it's good or bad, whatever it is, you have a particular thought. Let's, let's try another one. My wife will like this one. Target, right? It's the upscale way to shop, right? Now, sports teams have have logos, right? Sports teams have brands. So I was recently in a city, and you'll be able to see which city and which team based on my picture here, and you'll know who this is. Chicago Bulls, right? Anyone grow up Michael Jordan fans? Anyone? Basketball has never been the same, right? So I was in Chicago. I had to go, and I and I had to I had to find the the Bulls. I took my picture there. This, this is a brand, right? Now, now I just I have I think just one more. I have just one more, and you'll know what this one is. It's just a grove of aspens. What are you clapping for, right? Because what what does this represent? The grove, right? The church. Right. So here's here's the question you have to ask yourself in the same way that when you drive by and you see one of the other. Right. You see an apple or a target or arches or a chicken. Ask yourself this question when people are driving by as they are this morning and they see your sign out here on the corner. Turn here for the grove and they see this grove of aspens. I'm just curious. What message is this sending to the community of Santa Fe. Because I've already identified we're fighting an uphill battle with the overall brand of the church. And see, I'm, I'm, I've been reading lately in the book of Galatians. And the Apostle Paul, he was, he was fighting the same battle all those years ago that we're fighting today. See, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he would plant a church and then go to another city and plant a church, go to another city and plant a church. And so one of the churches he started was in the city of Galatia. And he went to Galatia and he started a church and they rented a theater and he created a logo and he got a band together and they, they hired a campus pastor and, and they started a church. And once he felt like the Grove Galatia was going well, he moved on to another city to plant a church. So what happened was he goes to that other city and then he begins to hear reports that something was happening at the Grove Galatia that was different from the way he had started it. See, when he started it, he taught them the true gospel. He taught them that you're saved only by grace. 
that that's the only way that you can find salvation is only by the grace of God. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough. You can't do anything to find to get salvation. You get it by the grace of God. But after he left, the group of Jewish believers came in behind him and they began to teach something other than the one true gospel. And they began to, to teach things like this. They said, look, here's the set of rules. If you're really going to be a, a Christian, this is how you have to live. You have to dress this way. You have to eat this way. Men, you've got to be circumcised. You know, these, these are the things that you have to do in order to be a real Christian. And Paul hears this and he's like, oh, uh-uh, no. No, 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 not on my watch. In fact, he writes back, and in the, the first verse, he says this. He says, I am astonished. I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of God. That's the true gospel. And he says this, and, he, and you're turning to a different gospel. You're, you're beginning to believe this other truth, this other brand, if you will. This brand that says it's all about following the rules. This, this, I call it a rules-based religion. Where what Paul taught was a grace-based relationship. See, those two things are very different. If you don't know this morning, they're very different. See, the brand that we're up against today is that the church is known for being religious. Right? That's what my, when my neighbor said, I don't like Christians, that's what he was saying. He was saying, I've been exposed to a brand of Christianity that was religious. It was all about the rules. This was all about how, and that is so repulsive to our world today. Whereas what the true gospel is, is so beautiful. It's grace. It's that you don't deserve it. And the fact that you don't deserve it is the only thing that qualifies you to receive the grace of God. And all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And it says everyone will be saved. Isn't that beautiful? Everyone. No matter what age, no matter what color, no matter how big or small your bank account, no matter what zip code you live in, no matter what country you live in, every single person has access to the grace-based gospel, the one true gospel. And this is what Paul, he's writing back to the church. He's saying, I want you to turn back, turn away from that other religion. In fact, he says in the next verse, because he says, that's really no gospel at all. He's clear to point this out. He's like, look, that thing that you've been embracing, that other, that perversion, that perverted way, that's not even That's not even the real gospel. He's trying to turn them back toward. And friends, that, that's what, that's the gospel you're trying to embrace. That's the gospel that we are trying to embrace is the one true gospel. But I'll just be really, really honest with you is it's, it's, it's easier said than done. It's way easier. In fact, I'll say this after we've experienced grace, See, we have these grace moments where we, we experience we, our need, we realize we need a Savior, and we experience grace. There's a natural gravitation or pull back towards the rules, back towards religion. It's, it's, it happens in every one of us, and it can happen really quickly. That's why it's easier said than done. And so I just, I just wonder, well, again, what, when, when people see the Aspens, what version 
comes to their minds. What are we representing? Are we representing the one true gospel? Or have we, by our example, have we somehow tainted that picture? See, the reality is this, because we're all human, is that every one of us have probably tainted that one true gospel at some form, in some form or another, because none of us are perfect. You know, I'll, I'll prove it to you because because uh, uh, the probably easiest place to see this is uh, is just try try to drive in traffic and keep your salvation. Now, some of you are really good at this. Okay, I'm not right. I'm not I'm not good at this. In fact, if you promise not to judge me, I'll tell you a story. Will you promise not to judge me? You promise? All right, you're not going to judge me. All right, so here we go. So, so years ago, years ago, I'm te- this is a long time ago, okay? I, mean, I want you to know, because I'm about to really tell on myself, all right? I, I owned a lawn company, and I was driving my truck that had no air conditioning. I was living in Texas. It was very, very hot. If you can't tell, I'm telling you up front all the reasons. I'm trying to justify my, my actions here. Okay? So it was hot, no air conditioning, end of the day. I'm stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic in our little town that we lived in. I'm surrounded by traffic. I can't go anywhere. Okay, and the guy behind me is laying on the horn. Okay, now you know the difference. It's not like a little like hi, Jesus loves you. It was like get out of my way, and I mean I can't do anything. I am stuck like a duck. Okay, and I'm fuming. Has, have you ever? Has this ever happened? I mean, you're just like right green. I'm turning green. I'm about to explode. I promise. You, I get out of my truck. I reach in the bed of my truck. I pull out a chainsaw. I hold the chainsaw up in the air and I go, what do you want me to do? I'm a pastor. Can you believe this? And this is the humor of God, right? And you know what's funny? He stopped honking. And everyone else around us did too. And I had three other guys in the truck, and I put the chainsaw back, and I got back in the truck, and all three guys went. They didn't, they, they're like, I'm not upsetting Jason today. Okay? Now, now, I'll be honest. That's only, it's never, ever happened again. I literally blanked out in anger. Okay? And, and you're, some of you are judging me silently. It's okay, because you've never pulled a chainsaw on anybody, all right? I know... I know, but here's, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. It's so easy, so, so easy, just quick, right? Like you're driving down the road and you're a good, good father. Oh man, the grove was awesome today. Oh Jesus, I love you. What the? I can't believe. And you've got the grove sticker on your car. Right? And that's what, that's what I'm asking. What do people think when they see the growth? Because here's the reality. They're not, they're not judging that only based on Eric and sincerity. They're judging it on you. They're judging it based on, do you walk in with your high friend t-shirt on in the grocery store? Right? And you're checking out and someone's being rude in front of you and you're rolling your eyes at them and you're doing your thing. And you know what they're thinking? I'm never going to go to that church. That's what they're thinking. Right? And I'm not picking on you. Okay? Like I, when I, on my bad days, I wear my growth shirt too. Okay? I don't, I want, I don't want them to come to harvest. I want them to, okay? 
See, here's what I'm saying. Every This is the battle, right? We're trying to represent the one true gospel, but, but, we're, but we're human, right? So, so what's the key? So here, here's the key. You, you keep reading Paul's gospel, and you get to chapter 2 in Galatians 2.20. He shares this little gem with us. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. See, this, this is the secret to live in the one true gospel, is that this is something that has to happen on a regular basis. Can I be honest with you? Had I got up that day, the chainsaw day, had I got up that day and said, all right, I'm going to die to self today. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ, you're going to live in me. What if I had prayed this prayer? As I, I prayed, Lord, I must decrease and you must increase. What if I had prayed that prayer? What if I had prayed the prayer that, that Paul prays in 1 Corinthians where he says, I die daily. You see, you could say this morning in Galatians, say, well, that's just one verse, Pastor. No, no, no. This is a theme throughout the scripture. What if when Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you got to pick up your cross and follow me. Does that sound like a sign up for a ladies tea Bible study? Does that sound like coffee with the boys? No, it sounds like killing yourself, killing your desires, killing your way of living. And here's why it works so beautiful is dead people don't argue. Dead people don't get angry. Dead people don't have political views. Dead people don't cheat or lie or steal or backstab. Dead, are you, this is why it works so beautifully. See, if, if any, if, if those things are happening, right, if you're, if you're tempted to, to act out, to lash out, you can, you can just rest assured you have not crucified your flesh yet that day. <laughs> And the bad part about this is, is that it has an expiration date. It'd be really nice if you could only, like, Sunday at the Grove, let's all crucify ourselves before we leave. Let's all, let's, let's do our crucifixion exercise, right? And then we're gonna, we're good until next Sunday, right? Not, some of us, some of us, right? Me, some of us, I'll have to crucify myself before, before I leave lunch, right? Like what, what if, here, here, just dream with me. What would it look like? What would it look like husbands and wives if after a hard day at work, you pulled in your drive when you took 30 seconds, you turned the engine off and you said, God, I'm about to walk into the most important ministry of my life. I've had a tough day. I've got to decrease and you've got to increase. So right now I'm making the decision to crucify my flesh, help me to serve my wife, help me to love my kids. And then you walked into your house. What if, what if those of you at your work, what if, what if in the middle of that stressful situation, you excused yourself to go to the bathroom and in the, you just walked in there and you said, God, I'm about to explode. I've got to decrease and you've got to increase. What if before we lashed out at our children, what if we just went in the other room and we said, all right, Lord, I need to die right now or my kids are going <laughs> to, right? Grove, what if, what, if, what if we lived this way every day? What kind, of a brand, what kind of a brand would we have in this community of Santa Fe if every day every one of us chose to die to self, to crucify the flesh? Then what, then what would that brand, right? Then what message would that, would that send to our community? 
I'm going to end with these couple of words, and then I'm going to pray over you. Every Sunday at our church, um, this just kind of started. It started about three years ago, and uh, and then and then it's just continued as we come to the end. And after our, our prayer, I do this blessing, and I say, all right, church, stand with me. As you're leaving, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you, give you grace now and forever. And that's a lot of churches do that. It's just kind of this doxology. And, 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 we, and, and we come to that end. And, and one week I just said, after that, I said these, these five words. I said, harvest, go be the church. And then I just said it the next week. And, and literally now every, like I just, just, it's what we do. It's harvest, go be the church. And see, I say that because, because of this, the church is not a building. You know that, right? If it, if it was, we'd be in trouble today because you're in a theater, not a church, right? <laughs> we'd be in trouble. But you've already learned this. The church isn't a building. The church isn't a day of the week. The church isn't a time of the day. The church is you. The church is you and I. The church is people. And so we get the distinct opportunity when we leave here. See, we come to a place that we call church for a time that's allocated to learning and growing and building community. But then we get to go be the church. We get to go be the church. And that's what excites me about the growth is that you, you already get this, is that you are being the church. And I just want you to know you are making a difference in this community. You really are. Every single week, you are making a difference in this community. And I just really, my message is to come behind you and to encourage you. Just keep doing that. Keep representing the true gospel. Yeah, there's plenty of people out there that they still see that other brand. But if we will represent the true brand long enough, faithfully enough, we can change a community. Does anyone believe that this morning? And you're doing that. You're doing that. And so I want to I want to lead in a in a prayer because I, I know this. I know. In fact, I'll I'll start it this way. I don't want to apologize to any of you who who might be here today. Maybe you're visiting. Maybe you've been checking this church out for a little while. And and maybe maybe what's held you back has been this other brand. Maybe what's held you back has been a a bad experience where someone misrepresented Christ or misrepresented the true gospel. Maybe someone tried to impose those rules upon you. Maybe you walked into a church somewhere, maybe you were wearing a hat and they judged you for that. Or maybe you had a tattoo and they judged you for that. Or maybe you, they just judged you because they just judged you. Maybe you've got a neighbor who professes to be a believer, but you see how they live the rest of the week. And that hypocrisy has just tainted your heart. Whatever whatever it is, whatever it is. The, here, my apology is this, is I know. See, if you had been behind me on that day and really hot day in Texas when I I pulled the chainsaw out, you probably wouldn't be in church today either because I haven't always represented it well. And I just want to apologize to you. And I want to ask you, would you consider embracing the one true brand? The brand that says the only way that you're saved is through the grace of God. Not because you're good enough, because none of us are, right? Scripture says that all fall short 
of the glory of God. Not everyone has sinned. Not one of us is perfect. And what I love about the grove is they're so welcoming and just inviting. And it's just like, hey, just come. Who, anybody, everybody, come how you are. You don't have to think like us. You don't have to dress like us. You don't have to be. We just want you to come and be a part but, but my appeal to you is this, is, is maybe you've been coming, but maybe, maybe you're ready today to take that next step. And you'd say, you know what, Pastor Jason, today's my day. And you know what, I, I don't want anything to do with that other brand, but I would love to be part. If this is really true, this brand that, that you're telling me about, if it's really true, this grace-based gospel where a loving God wants relationship with me, if that's really true, that's what I would like to be a part of. And if that's you today, I just ask you, would, would you just raise your hand just right where you're at? There's several of you. Thank you. Just raise your hand right where you're at. And, and you'll notice I didn't do the religious thing and have you bow heads or, or close eyes, right? Because I'm trying everything, everything in my power to do stuff that's not the, the religious way of doing it. It's not a bad way, but I, I want us today to genuinely embrace the one true gospel. Is there anyone else this morning? There's several already that have, that have raised their hand. We're, we're going to embrace the one true gospel. Some of you, for the very first time, you've been hesitant because something happened to you. Someone in your family judged you. Someone at work, a neighbor, somebody misrepresented. And you know what? It's going to happen again because none of us are perfect. But the one, the one that I'm pointing you towards, he's the only one that will never let you down. He's the only one that's perfect. And the amazing thing is he'll take you today exactly as you are. He'll accept us right here, right now. You don't have to do anything else. You just believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you. I'm going to lead everyone in this room so that we can support those who have raised their hands today, who are praying this prayer for the first time, I'm going to ask everyone in the room just to repeat a prayer after me today. We're all going to pray this together. We're going to embrace the one true gospel. And those that raise your hands, here's what's cool, is you, you are entering into a relationship, not a religion, not a group, not a club, but a relationship with a God who loves you more than you could ever ask or imagine. And then Pastor Eric's going to come and he's going to tell you kind of some next steps to take, how to, how to take those next steps. Because what, what I love is that this is a community who is ready to embrace you and to take the next steps with you. Would you just close your eyes right where you're at? Everyone, just repeat this prayer after me. And if you raise your hand or maybe you didn't, all you got to do is just believe this with everything in your heart. And say, Jesus, if this is real, I want it. I don't want religion, but I do want relationship. I realize today my need for a Savior, my need to be rescued. So I accept your grace and I accept your love. God, will you forgive me of all my sins? Come into my life. Be the leader of my life. I give you everything. Take me as I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give a big old hand clap for those right now?